Today we celebrate the feast of St. Peter Damien, a saint from the 11th century. He was a bishop and became a doctor of the church. Um, he was declared a doctor of the church in 1823 uh, by Pope Leo XII. Um, he was uh, from the area of Ravenna and had uh, quite a difficult and poor upbringing. But he uh, managed uh, to attend the great universities of northern Italy. And uh, because of his great intelligence, he, he rapidly became uh, pretty well known. He uh, took on the, the life of a hermit. And um, he lived such an ascetic life that, his, that it really ruined his health. And so he had health problems for the rest of his life. There was a time, it was a time when there was, terrible corruption in the church and uh, he uh, he sought to address uh, these problems as much as he possibly could but he attended the synod at the, the Lateran in Rome um, and uh, in his writings he wrote to try to heal the many wounds that were in the church especially in Italy at the time and he he didn't he didn't refrain from even from pointing at certain bishops and calling them out by name. And so when uh, Stephen X uh, was elected Pope, uh, he wanted to make Saint, he wanted to make Peter Damien a, a cardinal. And uh, after uh, Peter Damien refused for some time, he was uh, he eventually relented. He was consecrated Bishop of Ostia in 1057. And um, uh, Ostia and Velletri, as a matter of fact. Uh, so there's a, I've got a personal connection to St. Peter Damien in this way. And when um, uh, Stephen died, uh, there was a schism at that time in the church, and Peter Damien uh, strove against the anti-pope uh, who had taken the name Benedict X. Uh, eventually, uh, Pope Nicholas would send him up to Milan, which was in terrible shape, and he had to deal. He had, as a matter of fact, he had to even deal with a very violent riot against him, um, and he was he was trying to reform the clergy. And that, <laughs> let's just say that that's not a very easy task. Um, Dante, uh, in his Divine Comedy, places Saint Peter Damien in one of the highest spheres of the paradise, and so you can get out your trusty copies of, of Paradiso. And you'll find him in Canto 21, um, in the heaven of Saturn. And uh, you can read uh, what uh, Dante says about, about Peter Damien. Um, Peter Damien uh, addressed some very, difficult, uh, some very difficult things. His, especially in writing in his reforms of the clergy, he tackled the the question of homosexuality, and wrote about it with brutally charitable truth, or shall we say, charitable brutal truth. And uh, for this, um, uh, his writings uh, for today uh, remain evergreen. Uh, I think it's important that we turn to great saints and uh, doctors of the church, like St. Peter Damien, uh, to consider the difficulties of our time, um, 
when there are controversies about popes, and there are difficulties with reformed clergy, and there are problems with certain moral issues, Peter Damien's writings and influence can maybe give us some insight into how we're going to get out of the problems that we're in. Um, I want to give, just turn to the gospel passage. You know, you hear, of course, we can always, even when it's a feast day, and we tend to take a look at the readings, when you have a doctor in the church, we usually have these two readings from 2 Timothy, where Paul is writing about what it is to be a leader in the church, what kind of person you have to be, what is the work that you have to do. Well, you have to preach. You have to preach the word, even when it's very difficult. You have to convince and exhort and rebuke and do all these different things. And um, you know, souls are um, at stake, uh, including your own. And so you take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, maybe after Mass. And then we have from chapter 5, we have Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 5, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And... Um, Probably we have this reading because it talks about those who teach. Those who teach um, all the things that they should teach will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Those who, who do not shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven and so forth. But this, uh, this issue, it begins out talking about you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And I, I think I've, I've made this point with you before that in using a parable like this, you are like this, you are like that. It's a, it's a kind of, it's a mini parable, really. And parables have their twists in them. So there's something, there's a little contradiction that lives within the heart of them that immediately catches your, your attention and makes you wonder, well, where is he going to go with this? And, and he says in here that you are the salt of the earth. He says then, but... If a salt should lose its saltiness, saltness, if, if salt should lose its taste, well, then how shall its saltness be restored? And it's not good for anything um, after that except to be, you know, thrown out and trodden under men. And uh, since I come from uh, Minnesota originally, that's what we did a lot of. We threw salt out and we trod on it, especially during the winter on icy sidewalks and on, on difficult streets. It's, you know, we put it out, and that's about the only thing that that kind of salt is good for. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? Well, the, the trick is that salt doesn't lose its taste. Uh, it, it can lose its taste. Um, it, its taste is integral to what it is. So how does it lose its taste? Well, it doesn't. But so that's that's the twist. So there must be some deeper point to what he's making. And the point that he's making here is that that people are we are like salt in that we have to contribute something. And we can't contribute what we don't have. There's an old Latin adage, nemo dot quod non habet. That no one gives what they don't have. Um, and kind of macaroni uh, Macaroni Latin will sometimes say, Nemo dot quod non got. And someone can't give what they ain't got. And so this Nemo dot quod non habit is, I think, the, the, the issue in here. We have to have a, a willingness, but 
to do something for the world, and that means sacrifice. Now, the connection with the sacrifice here especially comes out of Leviticus, because if the Lord is going to be talking to the Jews of the first century about salt, one of the things that they know that salt is used for was the sacrificial offerings that were offered in the, um, in the, in the temple. Um, salt is used to season things in a different way. Salt can be used to season and preserve foods and so forth. But salt was also sprinkled on sacrificial offerings before they were offered to God. So when you'd go to the temple, you'd go and you would sprinkle salt on whatever it was that you were going to, to offer. And then the priest would lay his hands on that thing, and the thing representing you, standing in as a stand-in to you that was sacrificed in its destruction uh, to God. But first it was sprinkled with salt. And so one of the things that we can learn from this is that we have to be sprinkling ourselves. We have to be sprinkled on the things of the world that we are in contact with in order to raise them to God for, for their transfiguration, their transformation. You know, Paul says that we have to be a living sacrifice in union with Christ. And he, everything that he did and, and said is a sacrificial thing. So we have to be salt to the world so that the world itself can be a sacrifice to God. And you see, isn't that that's the essence of the Christian vocation? By our baptism, you know, we, we have a, a role to transform um, the world around us, the sphere of the world that we are able to influence. That's part of every Christian vocation, whether we're single or a priest or religious or married or whatever. We all have a sphere that we can influence. And so we have to be salt to that sphere and not just illuminate it with teaching or, or bring the joy of the good news to it, you know, light in that sense, but we also have to bring that saltiness, which is the essence of which I think the symbol of, which is a symbol of sacrifice. We have to be sacrificial and that which we influence that has to become a sacrifice raised to God. Dominus obisum, oremus. Justus in Paulo Florelis, in which Hebrews, quae libero es multiplicabitur. 